This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. We are brought to you in part by the University of Rhode Island Online, who are offering a cannabis certificate program. The legalization of recreational cannabis that went into effect last year can open doors for your career. If you are already in the industry or wondering what the best path to break into the cannabis field is, well, the University of Rhode Island has a program to help you become highly competitive in numerous areas of the cannabis industry. Fully accredited by URI's College of Pharmacy, the certificate program is 100% online and can be completed in just two semesters. Learn more at uri.edu slash online slash cannabis or give them a call at 401-874-5280. We're brought to you in part by CCA Health Rhode Island. Commonwealth Care Alliance, or CCA, is a multi-state integrated care system influencing innovative models of complex care nationwide. CCA's Uncommon Care model focuses on sustainable and evidence-based healthcare breakthroughs that improve the health and well-being of people with significant needs and is consistently recognized as one of the best models in the country at identifying and serving traditionally hard-to-reach individuals. CCA is excited to bring Uncommon Care to Rhode Islanders with a range of Medicare Advantage plans. Learn more by visiting CommonwealthCareAlliance.org backslash Rhode Island. Yeah, hey, I'm Alan Brinton. I'm the founder of Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island and South County Distillers. Uh, we are located in Westerly, Rhode Island, and it's a craft brewing and craft distilling operation. Uh, we founded the brewery in 2011. So we're in our 11th year right now. The distillery uh, launched many years later. We founded that in 2020 uh, and actually launched that business during the pandemic. That's something that is uh, in itself pretty, in and of itself, pretty daunting. And there was actually a record amount of corporate formation here in Rhode Island. Maybe not record, but there was significant formation um, reporting from the Secretary of State's office during the pandemic of new entities. So in some ways, there were actually additional bits of infrastructure and dollars that were available at the same time for a, a business model that relies in many parts on word of mouth and experience. It must have been a daunting moment. Right. No, it was, it was absolutely daunting. We, we had actually got the ball rolling on that business in 2018. It really started to take shape in 2019 you know, in terms of building out the facility we needed and purchasing and installing the equipment, it just so happens that we finally got everything assembled and ready to push the start button in mid-March of 2020. So that was a bit of a challenge, launching a business that really required, you know, getting face-to-face -face with customers, getting in front of customers, uh, really kind of, you know, liquid the lips, um, kind of tastings and things that needed to happen with that business. So, it was certainly a, a challenging first, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months with that with that business. Um, you know, on the plus side, it was, it was kind of cool because we were able to jump in and, uh, you know, get into the, the hand sanitizer business uh, with the distillery. That was the very first product that we manufactured because, you know, there was, a, you know, we can... Not that we like going back to March of 2020, but, you know, if you think about it, you couldn't find hand sanitizer anywhere. It was off the shelves and uh, to be able to help, uh, you know, help the community by being able to produce that, 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 that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that adaptation that so many people had to jump into at that moment in so many different ways. That's, that's really interesting that you were able to 
harness that both um, really to super serve a major need at that point because who can really forget that? I mean, I remember buying bottles of hand sanitizer from one of the, I guess you would call it boutique pharmacies that someone gave me a tip. Oh, they, they're making hand sanitizer if you go down there. But it was extremely expensive. I won't say price gouging, but boy, it was as close to that as you could get. And so the more people that jumped in and manufactured that product, the less able certain organizations were to jack the price on hand sanitizer. Right, right. So now Graysale sits as a part of, we call it micro economy sometimes. They're oftentimes much larger, especially when combined together, uh, different organizations, this brewery economy that Rhode Island has enjoyed. There are a lot of examples of this. It serves both in terms of a manufacturing sense, but also in terms of a tourism sense, in terms of a an entertainment and recreational standpoint. How has Graysale fit into this model that Rhode Island has found itself really um, thriving on of microbreweries that are all around the state and provide a lot of enjoyment for a lot of people. Yeah, so when we started in 2011, I think we were the fourth or fifth brewery um, in Rhode Island. And I'll be honest, I've lost count with exactly where we are today, but uh, 30s, if not in the low 40s, you know, in terms of the number of breweries that we have. Um, so, you know, it, it's been cool because we are, you know, we're kind of what's referred to as a distribution brewery. So we're actually manufacturing uh, beer that's going out into the into the retail market. So, you know, you can find our product in package stores all throughout Rhode Island, and you can find our products on tap in, you know, most bars and restaurants throughout Rhode Island, um, which is pretty cool. So we've got that manufacturing presence uh you know, which is cool because we're creating jobs. Uh, you know, we got, you know, 15 full-time employees, uh, quite a few part-time employees as well, um, especially now that we're into our summer season. Um, being Living in a, in a coastal tourism town such as Westerly, you know, we definitely see our business ramp up this time of the year. So, you know, we're hiring uh, quite a few more people you know, part-time just to help run our tap room and uh, even just to help with our, you know, increased production that we're doing now. Uh, but we have, uh, you know, we do have a tap room model uh, or a tap room business down here in, uh, in Westerly. That's, um, we kind of have a campus environment here. I don't know if you've ever, you know, had the opportunity to, to get down here, Bill. Um, but we've got the brewery operation, you know, next to that's the distillery and then next to that is our, is our tap room. Uh, which is basically just an old, uh, you know, um, 20th century house built in the early 1900s that uh, we converted that into a tap room. And then it's got a, you know, awesome, pretty awesome uh, uh, courtyard, you know, outside of we turned into a beer garden. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, as you started off, it is a tourist attraction. Um, you know, we get a lot of, you know, if you come down here in the summertime, you're going to see a lot of New York, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut plates in, in our parking lots um, because, again, people come to town. Uh, you know, the main attraction is the beach. You, you know, they're either down at the Squamacit or at Watch Hill. Um, but shortly after that, when they're looking for something else to do, uh, you know, a lot of that, um, a, a lot of those tourists ends up in our, uh, in our parking lots. 
which is which is great. Something that has developed and it's it's not brand new, but it's something that I've been hearing more and more about is Westerly. It seems, especially by Rhode Island standards, it seems like you know a whole nother may as well be Mars if you're living in Providence for some people. I mean, I grew up in Charlestown, so to me, it's like really when I hear that, but. The train station provides a really important piece of infrastructure in terms of attracting folks from New York and expanding that New York-Rhode Island pipeline. We oftentimes hear so much about a Boston-Rhode Island pipeline, but I would argue that developing a New York-Rhode Island pipeline is perhaps even more fertile and essential. Westerly serves that. We've seen it with Westerly Sound and the things that are taking place at the United Theater. There are other businesses that have attracted a certain type of entrepreneur, a certain type of artist, a certain type of, uh, a certain angle, if you will, to Westerly, where perhaps with remote work, you no longer need to be in New York full-time or at all, and you now have access to a really wonderful community, and you just have to hop on the train. What have you seen from your standpoint in terms of the expansion of the Rhode Island-New York pipeline, whether it's folks that live in work in Westerly um, that are kind of still based out of New York or folks who are, you know, they're just up visiting and, and sort of opening up that door a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think I see that more, you know, again, from my end, I, I see that more people that, that, that are visiting again, a lot of New York plates um, in our parking lots over the weekend. Um, you know, the, the train station is huge. It's literally a two block walk from the brewery uh, to, to here, you know, we're right there on, on the Northeast corridor, uh, you know, that connects Boston and, and New York. Um, and, and with some of our, you know, other local attractions, you mentioned the United Theater, which is just an absolutely amazing operation, you know, that's been put in place down there from, you know, the, the musical performances, the, the artist galleries, um, you know, the, the movie experiences, the live performances, um, it's it's just amazing the, the artistic culture that the United has, has added to our community, you know, and, and you know, I think it certainly complements, you know, with what we do here, you know, with with craft brewing, you know, that there there is a craft associated with that. There, there is a, a form of artistry, you know, associated with what we do as well. So I think it just all ties together really well. Um, you know, and, and, you know, again, just to kind of circle back to, to what you started the question with, you know, that, that New York, Rhode Island connection, um, you know, again, just, just from me getting a chance to talk to the people that, that are here, you know, and seeing the numbers, you know, of folks that are here, I, I think it definitely, definitely supports that, that that's happening. What's the lesson that the brewery industry in Rhode Island can teach other industries, and especially those folks who say Rhode Island is an impossible place to do business in. We're completely up against it when it comes to administrative operations, when it comes to taxation, when it comes to small and medium-sized business supports, when it comes to workforce. The list goes on and on, and people dump on Rhode Island as a place to do business. What's the lesson that this thriving microbrewery industry can teach others? Well, I think so. I think so much of doing business in Rhode Island really comes down to the municipality that you're in, um, and I, working with Westerly and the Westerly town officials 
it has been phenomenal. It's been a phenomenal experience. Um, it, you know, I, I typically feel they're, they're more like partners in our operation than, you know, like so many people you hear just about, you know, the, the local officials or state officials throwing up roadblocks. Um, and again, I, I really see them more as active partners. You know, when, when we hit obstacles, you know, that they'll help us, you know, work through with solutions. And um, it, it's really been just, just again, I, I don't have enough good things to say about, you, you know, starting a business in Westerly and, you know, working in Westerly. Um, you know, the, the, the brewery operation has more, you know, federal constraints that, that I don't know that it really differs that much, you know, from, from state to state when it comes to a craft brewery. Um, yeah, there are some, some differences from state to state, but, but so much of it is the federal oversight and the federal taxes that we pay that, that I think really kind of levels the playing field as, as far as that's concerned. Um, but, you know, it, it, in, and in terms of other, uh, you know, I, I think other lessons you know, from our industry, you know, would be, I think as an industry, we work very well together. You know, we have a Rhode Island Brewers Guild, um, you know, that meets on a regular basis. And, you know, the industry just works really well together to, to promote each other and to, you know, promote this industry internally. So I think that's the biggest takeaway that I say is just, you know, when you're in the industry together, yeah, yes, there's competition, there's always competition. Um, but it's a it's a friendly competition. It's a healthy con competition, and, and it's one where we really just we're all looking to continue to grow the pie, you know, grow the pie of craft beer because you can all maintain you maintain your same slice of a larger pie, you know, everybody just ends up getting bigger pieces, and I, I think we we do a good job of, of fostering that attitude. Yes, I agree completely, and I think you're you're exactly right. We hear that word competition, and we think, well, that means you're trying to <clears throat> squash the competition. And sometimes, when you create that dynamic, but also have a a healthy competition, you create a stronger industry. And that's certainly something that I can attest to from the standpoint of a, a music and arts community in Rhode Island. That the the performance of <clears throat> one entity can oftentimes inspire and sort of shape the conversation in a given moment. A victory for one serves as a, a a reality check for others at times. And you start to see this community, yes, independent operations that are competing with each other, but at the same time have a shared goal and, and a shared community that ultimately is better for everybody. Right. Right. And I'd be remiss if I did, you know, we've been focusing on Rhode Island, but our, our closest breweries um, are, are actually the, some of the Connecticut breweries. And we actually have a, we're, we're partnering right now and co-promoting uh, basically these three block parties. Um, Outer Light and Groton just had their uh, block party last weekend. We're having a block party here um, uh, two weekends from now and then beer brewing, uh, you know, weekend after that having a block party as well. We're co-promoting that, you know, through all of our social media. We've got a little passport going that, if, you, you know, somebody goes to all three of the block parties, they're getting a complimentary, you know, license plate that, that we put together um, just to kind of, kind of celebrate, you know, with those three breweries working together. So it, it, it's, it's a, it, it's a pretty cool partnership. Last question here. What's on tap this summer for, for Graysale? Oh man. <clears throat> 
lots of things on tap. So uh, we just launched um, in, in package an IPA, uh, Adrift uh, is the name of the IPA, just, you know, nice 6% uh, IPA. We had it in draft the last couple, uh, last couple years, but um, uh, finally launching it in cans and, and that's off to a great start. Uh, Captain's Daughter, uh, beer that, you know, really was what we're, what we're most known for, the beer that's uh, put us on the map. Uh, we've launched that in a new package size. So 19, two ounce, 19.2 ounce uh, cans have really kind of become the rage in the, the craft world. Um, uh, you can find those in retail as, as single serve options, 19, just 19, two ounces, just a nice, nice big can. So uh, those are available now. We're working on a sour beer uh, as well. We've done those uh, draft for many years and we're gonna be putting that in the package in a couple of weeks as, as well. So that's gonna be available at retail stores in 16 ounce cans uh, very, uh, very shortly. Oh, really good stuff. Thank you so much for your time, Alan, and best of luck to you yeah. as this adventure continues. Hey, Bill, it was my pleasure. Thank you for your time. Take care.